What's good? What's popping? It's your girl, Drea G. It's your girl, the Black Rogue. And we are the Grits. What's good? We're back. How we feeling this week? I'm feeling sick, child. Uh, I think I had COVID. You know, I came back from Baton Rouge from this football game. It was like my first time actually in the city. Have you ever been to Baton Rouge? I've driven through Baton Rouge. Girl, it was my first time actually being there. And when I tell y'all... All the men fine out there. I think they're a little touched, but they um, all fine out there. And I had like an adventure. So I just want to tell y'all about a little Tasha tale right quick. Go off. So I don't know if I talked about this on a previous podcast episode, but it was just God I used to talk to in Baton Rouge. This was like last year. I don't know why I'm still entertaining this man, but I was bored and I'm coming to his city. So I'm like, hey, what it, what it do? I'm, I'm about to be in your city. So the dude is like, yeah, just let me know when you're done with your friends because I want to a football game or whatever. So we leave the football game and the dude fell asleep on my ass. It was late, so I let it go. Okay, okay. He fell asleep. He calls me at 6 o'clock in the morning, no lie, while okay. I'm in a hotel. And he's like, hey, can I come and see you, sir? It is 6 o'clock in the morning. Like, Well, that's a, well, that's a early morning, like, let's go get coffee. Like, we can go get breakfast almost. Nigga, we can go to the Waffle House. I told this nigga 7 o'clock because ain't nobody got the time. And then I'm thinking we checking out at, like, 9. So I'm like, 7 o'clock. So, like, dude hits me up, like, at 6.50. And I'm like, shit, okay, I'm on my way downstairs. And, you know, I be on CP time. You know, I'm lying and shit. So I'm really getting up to get myself together. So I get downstairs, like, at 7.20, and the nigga's gone, y'all. So then the nigga comes back. I get on the phone with him. He's like, man, you you wasn't you you wasn't downstairs on time. That's why I left. I'm like, nigga, why would you leave? Why would you not call me or at least send me a text message and say, hey, I'm leaving. I got other shit to do. You taking all damn day. Like, nigga, I was in the bathroom. And what were you doing? <laughs> well, that I ain't, gr- I, I had that's your text. business. So anyway, he he spins the block. He comes back or whatever. And a nigga is like a Debbie Downer and shit. Like, like, should I even leave this hotel at this point? Because I don't know if my friend's gonna wake up. This nigga, he got bad energy and shit. And then a nigga, I'm like, okay, why you didn't want to come to the game? And he and he literally went to the college, the college that we were playing against. And he was like, I don't like people. I don't like being around people because people are idiots. I feel like the nigga's a psychopath. Well, hold on. I will say too, though, large crowds freak me out. Too, and not everybody's into that right now, but go on. Oh, so you giving him the benefit of the doubt. Now, I, well, I don't know what you're about to say next, but I will say that everybody don't like crowds. So people love people love football, but they may not want to be in crowds watching it with other people. They may prefer to watch it from their comfort of their home. Nah, this nigga been holding a grudge. So turns <laughs> out he's been holding a grudge from the college that he paid and graduated from because they fucked up his financial aid and he couldn't graduate on time. And he been hating this school ever since. And I'm well, like, sir. I feel him too. <laughs> Why the fuck I'm gonna go support y'all? And y'all ain't have y'all business shit together on the back end. But we can all come and people can pay to see them or buy merchandise. I feel him. So anyway, so it's not just that. The dude said that he literally, he doesn't like being nowhere near people. 
at all. And I'm like, this is some like psychotic type of shit because I'm oh, like, time out. I'm sorry. I'm just going to interject really quickly one more time. And I, I only say it because I saw your stories and I saw that tiger on campus. And I think that's a little strange. And maybe not everybody may feel comfortable. <laughs> I'm playing devil's advocate right now. That's LSU campus. That ain't the, that Southern University. I, I heard they had an animal too on okay. their campus. And I heard they did they did they uh animal uh dirty and shit like that. I so he animal. went to Southern. He went to Southern, but okay. we were, I went to LSU campus and shit. And that was different. You know, seeing a it was a real tiger. Yeah, we the saw the tiger him. looked lonely and shit. They had no friends. I saw shit. that nigga pacing around like I want to get out of here. And as soon as I got a chance to break free, all you niggas is fertilizer is what I, I wanted got to it. I wanted to free him. No, no lie. The tiger low-key reminded me of the nigga because the, the tiger is anti-social, don't have no friends. The nigga seem anti-social and shit. He don't have no damn friends. The only people he got is his son and his family. He don't hang out with nobody. So and now he I'm don't like, fuck with nobody else. And that's how it should be a lot of times. <laughs> so listeners, y'all chime in. Let me know if I dodged a bullet because low-key, I feel like the man could have been a serial killer. And, um, but I don't know yet. I really think he's crazy, but, um, yeah, that's all. What about you? How was your weekend? Girl, <laughs> it, it, nothing in comparison to yours. It's been chill. It's been pretty chill, child. I got a, a birthday on the horizon. So, yeah. uh, yeah. And so I'm really just kind of looking forward to being around some of my people, uh, for a little bit and just kind of connecting and just having that authentic energy around me. Um, you know what? This ha what happened this week, which was so weird. Like, I felt like a little bit of a cougar, but not like in a good way. Oh. Like, not in a good way at all. Like, I had somebody like through work that I knew through work, uh, you know, kind of make a pass. Now, mind you. Oh, they HR. made a they no 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 they're no longer with the company so it's okay um but the person is like a child <laughs> like how old like 24 i mean yeah no i like i have i have a little brother that age i have a nephew i want to say that's like 25 i'm good on that but, hey I've, I, you know what, back in the day, well, not even back in the day, a couple of years ago, you know, I, you, I like younger and sometimes we like, it just depends. It really depends on the person, but yo, it just was the weirdest thing. Like the person came by to like, just drop off some just regular, like work related supplies. And I'm like, great. You know, I, I've been thinking that I've been great at being a mentor to people or, you know, trying to like, you know, give them seeds of encouragement and things like that. And just to know that shit totally went over somebody's head. And they literally thought that I like maybe I was playing into it. Shit was weird. I had to wait. kick him out of my apartment. Oh, wait, he was trying to get something in your apartment? <laughs> Stella? Stella, I be, I'm just saying, Stella got her group back. I you mean, can't too, sis. I, I mean, it literally like happened so quick. I'm like, um, yeah, this is going nowhere. And he was like, I know you be trying to little bro me, like, because I have a little brother that's literally born in the same month as you and the same age as you. Are you serious? But that shit was funny. And so, you know, on the eve of my birthday, you know, to know I still. Uh, Your birthday this weekend? 
not this weekend. It's uh it's next Monday. Oh, okay. All right. So it'll be here soon. So um, but I'm gonna travel this week to Texas and then we're gonna kick it off from there. And so all right, turn up, turn up, turn up. So on that note, we are gonna check in. You know, we gotta do the roll call. Before we even go further, let's shout out to our fellow grits across the states, whether we're talking about Georgia, Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Florida, Louisiana, Tennessee, or Texas. Shout out to the grits across the globe. Shout out. And so, you know, this is going to bring us to our pour it up and bless up segment. And this is the segment where us grits, you know, we toasting it up to reveling things and global news or just pop culture, just news in our lives you know top five things that we gonna we're gonna pull up to and then you know naturally on the flip side of that we got the bless they heart and so it's it's gonna be a couple of people that we got to bring in front of the the pool pit this week but let's kick it off so number one i'm pouring up to the bt hip-hop awards i didn't watch it mm. i saw it girl Okay, and so that's what I wanted to, to see, Black Rogue. So how did you like it? I didn't. You didn't? You know what? I didn't like it, but I did love the ciphers. They did really okay. good with the ciphers. Okay, so let's There was a lot of ladies, like, spitting hot fire, like, Lola Brooks spit, and then the other I girl from um, New Jersey. Uh, She's a tall stallion, beautiful. Um, She's oh. from New Jersey. Okay. She got like a um a old school the girl that used to rap with uh Jay Z like can I get a what what she got like that accent she got like that soft boy you think I'ma get around on a bus pass boy, yeah I she got that sexy on your mustache that's her we gonna we gonna show her out on our man? page but oh, okay. her ass kilted like okay she she fire so. Yeah. You know what? I toasted it up. We're pouring up to them because I was looking down my like social media feed, Facebook and stuff like that. And people were like, I could not sit down. They was lit all night. And then they were lying. from the little clips that I saw, <laughs> I mean, I saw them. I, I saw that they had performers uh, taking cuts out of their bag, like T.I. or like. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that that Southern shit was lit. And people you know, was all on them. You know what? I, I feel a way about Jeezy. I know that, you know, people like, oh, he back on his snowman shit. Nigga, he should have never been off of it. And, you know, is it because he done cut his wife loose? I don't know. But do, do we consider her a snow bunny? No, she not a snow bunny because he liked the snow. She not a snow bunny, but she's a variation. OK, she she's a variation of something that's similar. So anywho, we're going to pull up to the, the BET Hip Hop Awards. Number two, I'm going to pour up to I Sexy Red now. I know last week I had her on the the, the Bless Your Heart list, mm -hmm. you know, but now this week it seems like maybe there's a rainbow to that story because it looks like Sexy Red is pregnant. And um, I don't know if... You know, the video, I don't know if there's a correlation. I don't. But what we do know is she been out here because sis is probably in her second trimester. Like she like you, she's visibly showing. So right. I think it's dope that more women, more artists that are women are having the audacity to do what they want to do, because 
back in the day, they used to be so such faux pas for us women to, you know, we can conceive and we can carry babies. And that's like a death sentence sometimes for an artist's career. Now, do I, you know, when I say artist for her, um, I don't know. She got time to get in her bag and, and figure out her lane even some more. So shout out to Sexy Red. Shout out to her. All right. Number three, I am, I don't know, Tasha, how you feel, but I'm I'm pouring up, you know, and just putting a little bit of something out for my homies. Uh, Suzanne Summers, mm. uh, the news was released today that she passed at the age of 76 years old. Her birthday is actually October 16th. And she passed today, which is October 15th. So that is like, that's kind of, that's crazy, sad. And I say that because, you know, we have a lot of, in my lifetime, we have a lot of memories of her. Um, now I don't be uh, going to bat for a lot. Of, I mean, there are certain stars that you just love and you gravitate towards. So I know that she was in Three's Company and all that type of stuff, but I mostly remember her from Step by Step. And then the fact that she was like the poster girl for health, you mm. know, um, she was the poster girl for health. And I say that because she was like all into fitness and, you know, like taking care of her body and thigh master. And, you know, that's kind of going to go a little bit into some of the theme that we're talking about tonight. But um, even with all of that, you know, we still all expire. We still, but shout out to her because she was a living legend. Um, so RIP uh, Suzanne Summers. Shout out to her. So number four, um, I'm going to give a shout out to NASA. I just saw an article that says that they're going to be creating houses on the moon for astronauts by 2040. And when I say technology is really, we now we're about to really kick it with the aliens pretty soon up there and really see because I'm I'm always been big on like space and knowing what's out there you know mm -hmm. I'm kind of weird like that so I just want to shout out to technology and shout out to NASA just give it a little bit more time shout out to them you you may be living on the moon by the time you get to the to the young age of 75 god willing right. i could be kicking it tussie rolling electric sliding with the uh, aliens yeah you could you could be real jetson lifestyle yeah right. all right so number five i'm gonna give a shout out to this hbcu homecomings like we just like passed a whole bunch of homecomings like it was bethune cookman's homecoming they lost it was gramlin homecoming they lost and it was Jackson State homecoming, and they also lost. But um, it's other homecomings Aww. coming up. Howard, FAMU's, like uh, all of Georgia HBCUs homecomings, and I, I'm I'm excited to look at the stories, to look at Instagram. So shout out to all my people that went to HBCUs. Okay, and shout out to my my people that went to PWIs. But HBCUs are what's up. But I I just say that because I don't I don't want us to be left out. I said what I said, girl. You could have cool. gave your own special shout out to them. Girl, You're right. Let me, okay, so out. let me let me hop off your nuts and let me hop off your toast. What's number you you gave a, a honorary mention? What's up? Okay, uh, number six. And no shade to you, and no shade to my homegirls. Because uh, I have Alexis. thoughts about this. 
Go ahead. So my homegirl Alexis too. She she got perm. She got perm hair too. But recently, I just saw something in the news that the government or whatever is trying to ban perms because of you know black women and our health reasons and cancer. Like it's been tons of research on this. We're we're literally we're dying because of these damn perms. And I think that's good. Like we need to start banning more things that cause cancer. Like a, a lot of other countries, I don't know if they ban banning perms now, but a lot of other countries, they ban certain foods and shit. Cause you know, people are dying from certain things. We need to start doing the same thing in America. We we do because a lot of the things- We that, don't need to perm my hair no more. We don't need to. We probably don't need to wear eyelashes no more either. We probably don't need to wear wigs that's, either. That's not causing, that's not causing cancer. Hold up, but I do Perms wanna, are causing but, cancer. On, eyelashes no. ain't causing time, cancer. Time out. Cause I do want to ask this. How the fuck do they know about what glue that we're putting into our bloodstream that's getting into us via sweat. Like, how do we know this? And I say this and I feel like I'm What's not- about even... glue? Like eyelash glue? Like eyelash glue, wig glue. These are all things- I don't, put wig, I don't put wig glue in my hair, girl. This is glueless, glueless wigs, girl. What about lashes? Lashes, but we, we don't know. I say this because, for example, talcum powder for a long time uh, my grandmother was somebody that grew up in her era putting that shit everywhere. We live in Texas. It's hot. You know, you got to keep your your parts, you know, dry. And for a long time, they told us that that shit is healthy, you know. But later on down the line, we found out that it was cancerous mm -hmm. and that the people that it impacted the most were people of color. And I simply say that because. There are a lot of things, you know, that's why, you know, people talk about natural deodorant and the aluminum. They like it's just so many things that we're using in our day to day that we don't really know. And these manufacturers, do they really have our best interests at heart? You know, I saw an article recently where they were like puberty for young women is coming about quicker. Well, what is it? It's Popeye's chicken, girl. It's the Popeye's. It's something. It's, it's the, the steroid things, chicken. It's the things that we're ingesting here in America. Um, it's the things that we're putting on our bodies. And what I just say is it's not enough. It's not enough uh, quality checks because we learn about this shit down the line after it's had long lasting. Well, we've been knowing about perms, girl. We've been knowing about perms for a long time. Right. Now. And talcum powder and tampons and anything else that we use. Like there is some degree of risk to it. OK, so that's all that to say. But bless the heart of that. All right. So. um, Well, we're pouring up to it being canceled. So let's kick off the bless your heart. So number one. For bless your heart, Israel and Palestine right now, for me, I'm seeing it all over social media. I know we're seeing that all on news. I can't really speak to uh, religious and political things that are have been uh, existing for, you know, hundreds of years or decades, should I say, that we're seeing so much death. Uh, with regards to children and women, but children uh, more so than anything, which is uh, just jarring and um, just so many questions because we know that um, America and Israel, they have a relationship 
I don't know if we're backing this on some level. It's a it's a human rights issue. It's sad to see. But when we see things like this going on in different corners in the world, it just can't help but make me think that, well, what makes this side so far removed from things like that happening in our lifetime? So um, I'm blessing my heart and um, I'm just praying for the world right now with regards to this whole situation, because um, I just feel like it's an age of change coming about. It's just I mean, a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, it's been going on for for years. I mean, they've been fighting it out. People have been dying for for years. I remember when I was a kid, I was watching this, you know, and hearing about people getting killed on well, uh, on TV and stuff. Were you so. seeing it on social media? Like it was on, how- we have social media when we were young. Right. It was more so on the news and stuff like that. So I so mean, right now we can it's see been it going on, on for a long time. It has, you know, but we see it in real time now. We got social media. And, you know, you think about just the barbarism of the Holocaust and things that happened uh, decades ago. And to be in 2023, people have been slanting their news based on whose side they're on. Nobody's on anybody's side. but But what I do know and what I see in real time in my lifetime is children dying and in a part of, you know, war. I agree with that. I mean, it is sad. I've been looking on TikTok and actually I was looking at this the other day. This is not something that we were seeing 15 years ago. This is not something that we were seeing 12 years ago. So I just want to. We have been hearing about it for years. We have been seeing, we have been seeing news. We have been hearing about it and seeing it. In we real have time, been seeing, nah, we haven't been different. seeing actual deaths, but we have it's been different. seeing it, girl. We have it's such, on the it's news. so different because right now we're seeing it on a level to where you can see it, but you are desensitized. Something crazy. Is- well, I haven't been researching old deaths on TikTok. I have been seeing disasters, but I, it's the same thing I, back in the day when we looked at the news channel and you see war. I haven't personally been like this real people, time. Like, We're not killing people history. directly, but so. I bless my heart. I, I do wish that, you know, they can come to a solution regarding this land. But I saw just a video today putting cement in a water supply. They that did that is, uh, a while ago. They cut off the sad. water supply and the food supply uh, days ago. This um, is so that's sad how on it both erupted. Sides. We're just going to pray for everybody on both sides. Yep. Um, uh, I'm blessing my heart to Dallas right now. The fair is going on. And, you know, you know, Texas, we do shoot. We got guns. And, and, and yes, Stuff pops off uh, frequently, but come on, man, not at the fair. It's too much stuff going on. And supposedly uh, a shooting uh, like sparked out and it kind of just brought about some mass pandemonium there. But supposedly some type of altercation at a food court. Wait, they was able to sneak their gun in? Not sneak. You understand in Texas, you can have a concealed handgun. You can carry them inside. That's what a concealed handgun license is for. Oh, Lord Jesus. You can take them in concerts and shit in Texas? You got to really see. But when people have a concealed handgun license, that is their legal permit to be like, I can carry my weapon. That's some lame shit. You're going to be shooting at a a fucking fair. That's correct. I mean, it's not, yo, that's lame. But I'm going to say that. 
it's not lame to have your firearm in a place like that because when shit breaks off and you have stupid people, yeah, like you want to feel protected. Um, so that that is the thing of it, so that you can disarm other stupid ass people. So, come on, uh, do better. I'm glad they did arrest dude. Um, mm, actually, number three, I'm going to bless my heart to Will and Jada. I know you have seen all this, the social media, the interviews with my sis Jada. At first, I was just like, man, like, why are people going hard on Jada? Like, Will, he had a book first. Will was was talking about Jada, and then I saw some interviews that he had before the whole Chris Rock shit. So where he was talking about other women and wanting to talk to other women, he literally said the same shit that Jada was saying of the, about them being separated in his book as well. So I was just like, why are people so mad at Jada? Like, but now I'm like, girl, she on every damn news. Pl- I know she's trying to promote this book, but girl, I just feel like she doing too fucking much. Like, Will, he made it one interview and had the book, but he wasn't on every damn platform promoting the shit. So like both of them at equally, you know, I'm tired of both of them. I want to bless my heart to both of them. I don't want to hear about it no more. Like all these people in relationships, marriages and shit. Like at first I used to always say, oh, I want to go to them for advice and shit. Like, fuck that. These people in marriages, they got their own damn drama. Nobody should be going to nobody else about their own damn love life other than a pastor, a therapist or some shit. Because these people out here, shit, hell nah. Yeah, let them live their truth. I mean, what what do we expect from two stars where for years... Uh, y'all was gossiping behind their back. Uh, with regards to the rumors that y'all heard about them being swingers, but now y'all mad because they being upfront about it, and now y'all want them to take you out the group chat. Nah, mm-hmm. y'all gonna be around because y'all been talking, so y'all right, are clearly right. interested. You're right. We so are nosy people. Shut the fuck up. And I'm gonna say that Jada just speaking in her truth. Now it maybe feels more because she's talking about Tupac too. And Will is not, you know, bringing nobody else in his story. But they listen, they both been living life, honey. They black, they wealthy, talented. Uh, They can do whatever it is that they want. And they've been doing that. So, all right. Number four. So number four, child. I don't know if you've seen this interview with Shannon Sharp. Um, And he was uh, talking to Chad Ochocinco. Chad Johnson. And I was going to ask you about that because, you know, that could have been a whole episode topic about that. But yeah, I saw it. Maybe we'll talk about that next week, child. But when I was watching this shit about how he was talking about how he don't want his woman to pass gas, to use the restroom. He don't want to. And if he got to do number two, he got to leave the house or he, she got to leave the house. I'm like, what kind of shit? This, this makes me realize that this man, no wonder he hasn't been married. Because he got some issues. He needs some therapy, just like what Chad Johnson said. Uh, he need to go get some therapy because it's some weird ass shit. Like, this is our natural body functions, bro. Like me, I'm a lady. So I'm not going to try to do it in front of my man and shit right. like that. Like, I'm going to try to excuse myself, go to the bathroom. And if I have to do number two, I turn on the water, the faucet, spray. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a lady like that. But sir, like for him to be so like like ill or annoyed by it don't like it but maybe but maybe the last woman was not like lady like about it and it was like one of those things to where she you know it's funny he's on this list for a reason because he like 50 
he like 50 plus. Mm. And so it is a it is a thing. And it is like, hey, nobody's perfect. And I'm similar to Shannon. And I bet you Shannon is a Taurus. I want I, I got to I need to look him up. But I just say that that there are certain people. It's not perfectionist, but it's so funny because actually <laughs> with regards to this, I was dating somebody not too long ago, like within this year. And they were in my restroom and they broke wind. And listen, people are human. They are. But he was like, relax. Like, it's just I was like, hey, close the door. <laughs> oh, he had the door open. He had the door open. And you know why? It's because he's been married before. He had the door oh. open. So it's just like, oh, I ain't got nothing to hide. Da, 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 da. Hey, my nigga. Don't come in my restroom doing that shit. Don't be like, oh, it's only human. I want you to be an android in front of me. You gotta be my nigga for all that. Just at least be my nigga. Like, we gotta be like, mm, I told him. No. I, was, I said, I I, if he accidentally let it rip in front of me, but you just thought, what's the purpose feel, of going to the bathroom and leaving the door open? I feel I don't, like he I don't purposefully did that to almost let me know how comfortable. Like, oh, I'm not that type of woman, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, people gotta understand who they dealing with. You gotta read the room. Maybe in your last relationship, that was an issue. Uh, but I kind of feel Shannon mm. and I understand you when you say, hey, I'm a lady. Now, have I done something embarrassing before in front of someone that I didn't want to do? Yes. You know, but it, is it a practice that I, I do? No, I do kind of feel Shannon, but his ass is way too old, He's too old to be way too set. He's backed up, girl. He gonna be backed up. And, she gonna and, be backed up. They both, that's gonna no, fuck up their intestines. He's he just gonna be backed up. And, and he gotta understand that somebody gotta take care of you. So mm -hmm. at some point, or a, a nursing home will... And you, but you 50 plus, bro. Oh, damn, girl. He don't have no kids. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he's uh, been with a woman long enough for all that. So, all right. But um, I kind of hear him. But at the same time, I understand that. Yeah, people listen. People are human. We got to we got to give us some degree of error. We can't be like too hard on us. All right. On number five. I want to bless my heart to love is blind. I ain't even done watching the reunion, but I watched most of the reunion and I'm like, this is a hot ass mess. So we talked about this on a previous episode, the show and how like the black girl, Leah, she was dating a guy named Uche and she didn't know that Uche used to date another girl's man that was on the show named Lydia. So, you know, now it's the reunion. So everybody wants to like hold Lydia accountable. Like what well, the viewers like, girl, like you was lying to this girl and all this shit. She was like, and no, I only gave her what she wanted. She wanted somebody to sell her dreams. She needed a BFF. Yes. What, is that what she to, said? Nah, she trying <laughs> to be the girl BFF and, and it, it wasn't telling her that, hey, I used to fuck with Uche back in the day or whatever. So the reunion was kind of whack because I felt like nobody was protecting the black woman. Everybody was just like, oh, yeah, you know, it was a terrible situation for you. But, you know, but Lydia's Uche this, Lydia's this. They was kind of putting the blame on Uche. They wasn't putting Uche the blame Wally. on Lydia and uh, uh, Aaliyah, the girl on the show. She was literally trying to, like, tell Aaliyah, hey, you're wrong. And Lydia did not bite. She could have literally 
held herself accountable. Like, you know, I was wrong for like lying to you about the guy or not lying, but not telling you that I used to date the guy and trying to be your friend. She didn't say none of that shit. And even a black guy, Milton on the show, and a lot of people on Twitter is mad at Milton. They calling him a bootleg Lionel Richie. And uh, cause he got a little curl girl. He got a little old school curl. But uh, even him, like when he gave this whole speech at the reunion and was backing up Lydia, and it's like the black girl, she was not protected. So I just want to bless my heart to that. Uh, now the black girl, she has the man. So I'm happy for her, but just she bless her heart She should have been that. chasing after Uchi Wally anyway, it seems like. But... She wasn't chasing after his ass, girl. Girl, I ain't watching it. So don't, you, you don't need to turn up with me. So it's cool. But anyway, yeah, that's about it. All right, bet. All right, so that is going to bring us into our Southern sound off today. And um, really, I'm taking lead on this conversation a little bit this evening, but it's going to be short and sweet, nothing invasive. Uh, but this is about no more GoFundMes in the Black community, okay? And just kind of peeling that back and dissecting that. Um, Tasha, this was something that you kind of yeah. kicked off and and you brought up and I'm guessing and like why was this something of importance or why did this even like I guess come to mind or come upon your heart girl because okay every time I look on Facebook when someone dies like it's been a lot of like particularly like hood deaths right mm. so if I see like somebody getting shy somebody you know it's anything like on Facebook like gun a, violence, where it's not right. um, like predicated or like relegated to natural deaths. It's always a GoFundMe. And I'm like, damn, like nobody got insurance. Nobody got life insurance. And a lot of times it's for like these young boys. And I'm like, damn, like none of y'all didn't think about getting life insurance for your kids or even educating your kids. Hey, you know, like my dad, I'm gonna be real. Like my parents, my dad been having life insurance on me and my brother since we was kids. Right. So I'm like, why is not a lot of parents doing that for their children? And then like, I saw something on um, a girl that was actually on this TV show that's about to come out. Um, married to medicine. She used to be on a show and she worked in, that type of industry or whatever she said if black men all collectively got life insurance then you know all this whole police violence and shit it will be a, a, a lot of these life insurance uh companies they will be literally going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the government trying to help out black people from getting killed by the police i'm just saying our community needs to really get life insurance you know what and you say a lot of great points okay so Let's kick it off. Okay. So, boom. We, as a Black community in America, we're about 48, 49 million strong. And we have about a buying power of about $1.6 trillion. Okay. And so we're talking about this topic this evening. African-Americans, we're trailblazers in entertainment, politics, and businesses and a lot of cultural influence and our power is continuing to grow and just our relevance just worldwide the diaspora that's continued to be mainstream a couple of things so when we even talk about these GoFundMes and some of that history behind it all right the racial wealth gap here so the average difference in net worth between black families 
and white families is about $154,000. The gap is large, persistent, and growing. So these are a couple of statistics that come from, it's based on a, a report taken from Nielsen. So the wealth gap has affected generations of African-Americans manifesting itself in many financial challenges, okay? And so even GoFundMes, which can fund a lot of different things from burial expenses to medical expenses to social injustices or, you know, fees associated and attributed. But tonight we're talking about GoFundMes with regards to in our community, and like how you pointed out, Black Rogue, like maybe you yourself in your personal situation, you haven't been plagued with it. Uh, but I do want to ask you, has there ever been a time where you or someone you know experienced an untimely loss of a family or friend uh, that they were and they weren't financially prepared for it? No one in my family ever had to deal with um not having like life insurance and, and doing GoFundMes. But we did have a, a incident to where when my grandmother passed, it was a lot of like financial like drama back and forth. My grandmother did have life insurance, but we weren't in the policy like the you weren't the beneficiary. Yes, we weren't a beneficiary. It was crazy because our grandmother was staying with us. Like no one else in the family, but we didn't get it changed over. So I just feel like, I don't know if that's some people's issues, but for us, we didn't get the money when um, my grandmother passed. Some family members, some trifling ass family members took the insurance money. So we had to pay out of pocket for the funeral. So I, I don't know if that happens to other people. And that's why some people create GoFundMes because of family drama and, you know, and a I'm lot of people be fighting over money and shit like that. I don't know. But that was our crazy situation in our family. But also aside from our family, when it comes to like seeing these GoFundMes, I, like I said before, I see them all the time online for when people pass away. Um, and I just feel like uh, people need to like just think in advance like and life is short if we look at the news and we see young ba we see babies dying and we see all kind of random car accidents and, and like we need to think about ourselves shooting, all kind yeah. of campus shootings all sorts of weird shit happening and so thank you for sharing that because I have a similar story to that Um, I remember my mama Dia so that's my grandmother's mother. Um, and I remember when she passed away, I must have been like 10 or 11 at that time. But I remember that they had to put that together. That's what I do remember from that time. I don't know all the nuances of that. But you said a couple of things, Tosh. Um, you said a mouthful when you said that because number one, so folks, and I know I've spoke to this before, I am an insurance and financial services professional, and I'm glad that we're having this conversation. Um, September was Life Insurance Awareness Month. We didn't speak on it then. And again, it's really meant to be more of an informative thing. And it's something that we should get more familiarized and knowledgeable on because there are so many misconceptions. Like you, Black Rogue, like how you mentioned with your family, 
So typically, like with life insurance, one of the things that it is great with bypassing is if the person, if the insured, the person that's insured, if they had creditors, if they had a bankruptcy, or, you know, they had people looking for these dollars, creditors to take up upon their death, guess what? That life insurance that they paid into for whatever legacy that they wanted to leave, it goes to named beneficiaries that they leave, okay? So it's typically a family, or it's, it's a friend, it, it's a named beneficiary of their choosing. So I feel like, and I've come across this more recently as a professional, um, I feel like there's a little bit of, I know there's a disconnect. We don't, we're not talking to our professionals and our agents and, and just people that are knowledgeable more about, well, how, how is this going to come into play when I'm not here and my family needs it and it's crunch time and we got to figure out because like how you were talking about, hey, we had to pay a lot of these fees out of pocket because, you know, we had to pay for her wishes and what she wanted. And so typically when it, with an insurance company, they don't pay that out to uh, a company like a, a burial company. They pay it out to the beneficiaries and it's up to the beneficiaries to carry out those wishes. And those wishes are typically outlined or verbally told to the person that's going to handle it or they're written in a will, a living will. Or, or a will that you put together with uh, a lawyer and a, a, a trust, if possible. Because guess what? Guess what happens? You know, you guys dealt with a little bit of it. She probably had named beneficiaries. So it was paid out to the named beneficiaries. And maybe mm -hmm. they didn't do what they were supposed to do. They okay? didn't, yeah. Because that's, you know, but that needs to be something that is kind of discussed when you decide to, when, when you decide, Hey, I want you to get some of these proceeds and but I want you, you know what? I, I have a question for you. Yeah. So with, when it comes to life insurance policies, can you add like a whole bunch of people like as beneficiaries? Because like we put my, like one of my uncles in, you know, we thought at the time that he was trustworthy because he's, he's the oldest. He's like been the one that was like, basically looked upon as a father figure in a family we you know we didn't know like you know so that's why you know he was the head beneficiary but I wonder I know that like for my insurances through my job um I can put multiple or like how you put like you split the percentages and you stuff split like the that percentages I've seen as little as one person you need one person at the very least but I've seen five, I've seen six. Mm -hmm. I've seen if a grandparent, especially if they have a massive estate, because if you're talking about little money, that's something that's different. But people that mm -hmm. have massive estates and that are, you know, paying out to their their bloodline through generations, that people do it. So um, my grandmother had a lot of kids. That's the only reason I was. Yeah. I just wish that you she would have put everybody on the list, child. You exactly. And so, at the end of the day, you know, she could change those people. She, as the actual owner of the policy, but that's for her. And that's the thing. At the end of the day, 
you know, you could afford your children all the options and you could want to leave a legacy to help set them up in a way. But people are going to use these to, you know, however they see fit, unless you have a trust in place and you have a trustee and you have other components and you decide to structure it in a way. And a lot of times people that have, they have like, a, a, you know, extremely excessive like wealth and an, an extremely wealthy estate, they'll have a trustee, they'll put a trust together because they want to be able not to only, you know, care for the generation that's at hand, but it's about the long haul of it. So for me, you know, like I said, my, my great grandmother, I saw when I was a young person, them kind of having to piece it together. And um, a lot of times what that looks like uh, when I've seen it, even most recently, I've seen it on social media and we see it every day. I saw a Facebook friend. Man, they went through a terrible experience recently and they were asking for GoFundMe dollars. Their mother and their sister both passed away mm. Within this last year, they were vacationing somewhere. They were vacationing in, in their mother's uh, home country. And they got into a car accident and they died. The young, the mother, you know, obviously she was, you know, 50 plus. The young, the young woman, her daughter who passed, she was like 25. And guess mm. what? That 25-year-old had a, a son. And, you know, I was friends with, with her sister and, you know, she's requesting dollars. And so. Is I, the dollars to help with the son or is it because she doesn't have insurance? Because that could be, you know, two different things. So, no, but so I'll kind of, and we'll kind of talk about it a little bit because it's not two different things. Okay. When you talk about life insurance burial and how you decide to do that that's included but, but if you if you want to leave a legacy gift as well that's included as well but also but i'm just i'm not saying that i'm saying that funerals are very expensive very very expensive and sometimes especially depending on the age of the person sometimes you may not get a lot of money you know maybe all that money is gonna go to a funeral cost so that's why i'm asking like i was asking is the, the money was it, did she, was she saying in the GoFundMe, hey, we need okay. to cover the burial? So, Is I, that what she was saying? So let's peel it back, okay? Because I'm a professional and, I, and I'm in this industry, so I can kind of help, I can help kind of debunk a couple of myths because there are uh, quite a few, okay? So it could have been for a plethora of reasons. It could have been for her mom. It could have been for her sister. It could have been to help for the son. Who knows? But guess what? When we talk about insurance, it's kind of all of those things in into mixed together. All right. And I'm going to tell you why, you know, just like her, her mother, you know, maybe her mother put something in place for for burial. But maybe her mother wanted to put something in place. Not only for that, maybe she's paying off a mortgage. Maybe she wants to leave a legacy to her children. So when you think about insurance, it encapsulates all those things. Even when you don't have all those things necessarily in your bank account, it's tied to something. It's tied to 
The money that you generate is tied to the assets that you have to give yourself a value to if you are no longer here and you want your family to have a certain standard to to where it makes the most sense. It has to be plotted out to a degree. So a burial, we're talking about a burial. You could pay $15,000 for a burial, a headstone, or say what? twenty, say 20000 <laughs> It'd be expensive, child. Say, no, 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 no. See, no. What's expensive is when we have ceremonies and things like that. But headstones and things like that, they are expensive. Burial plots, they are expensive, and they've risen with time. So even with that, so say, say, encapsulated with about $30,000 just for the bare minimum. We're not talking about a, a service. We're not talking about a big to-do. We're talking about burying someone in a plot, giving them a headstone. We're talking about those things, okay? Because there are some people that say, that say, hey, cremate me. And even with cremation, there's a cost, okay? Uh, it's a, a nominal cost, but even with that. So you have to decide, but again, a lot of times when we're talking about insurance, we're not just paying for, you know, how we plan to leave this earth or when we plan to leave. We're literally planning for our future or we're planning. No, we're always planning for our future. But we're also sometimes if we have children and other people that we're responsible for, we're planning for their for them as well. So you basically say that the girl did it have the type of insurance in place that can, you know, that can give some extra to, funds to her child to be. So listen, to be honest, I don't know. Um, I just know that there was a GoFundMe and I know that, you know, this was, this, this is a thing when you're dealing with these things that happen out of the blue, this was a car accident that caused this. Okay. These are unexpected things. And this is what happens in life. So this is why you just put things in place. Who knows the, for, for all I know, the young lady could have had something through her job. Mm -hmm. She could have had a, just a $50,000 type of policy, but guess what? $50,000. When you have a young child that still has to grow up, you still got a rear. You want to get them through to a certain stage. Maybe you want to pay for their school. How far is $50,000 going to go? So again, when we think about insurance, it's about more so it's not about just where we are right now, but it's about where we are trajected to be. It is about our trajectory and and what we're trying to protect for our. So it, it kind of encapsulates everything. So again, yeah, I'm not trying to be insensitive uh, to the girl that uh, lost her life, but just in general. So what are your thoughts on giving money to people with GoFundMe's when people pass away? Like, are you just like, okay, like, I'm just going to, you know, give them some money. Or so, you're like, dang, like, you know, I wish they would have had insurance. Like, okay. I don't know. No. Like, so, for example, I specifically brought that topic up because I, for that, I felt compelled to give. Mm -hmm. And so, no, I don't, I don't blame anybody in that situation. Listen, this is the thing. Accidents happen. You know, everything happens. Like, life, like, we're not we're we're all going to leave this earth it's just a matter of time and how we do it and so it's about being prepared for that and and always having something in place the the mother that passed she was probably above 50 you know she's probably lived a life maybe she had some some coverage for herself but even with that okay 
the young lady that passed, I'm quite sure we never expect these things. We're not clairvoyant. We're not soothsayers. Like we don't, we can't predict the future. So when other people are dependent upon you, it's not just about you thinking that, hey, this is this. Because people get into car, cars every day and things happen. Like people go to malls, people go to fairs, they go to church and shit happens. So it is important to be vigilant about it because it's not just about you. And again, I don't know what in that situation, but guess what? I just know that that her sister, she lost her life young and she had a young child. So even with that, a lot of times when we talk about insurance, I feel like there are some misconceptions and we'll get into it. So this is a great kind of point, you know, because, you know, that gets you to thinking like, well, how much coverage, like, how do people even kind of come to that? Because you ask like, well, maybe it wasn't enough to do X, Y, Z. Okay. Because you have to think over a lifetime now. Okay. Burial expenses are one thing, you know, being able to, to make sure that they have a nice home going. That's one thing. But what about their family? that gets left in the wake that is picking up the pieces. You know, maybe they got to stay in their home. Maybe the mortgage is not paid off. Maybe they're young children to where the kids are still in school and they're paying off a mortgage. And now they got to get this mortgage paid off so they can stay in this home. And now mm -hmm. so a one family is a single family household. Right. So again, it's about thinking about the bigger picture and it's about what you want to do. You could, you could put $15,000, not 15,000, but you could buy a policy for $15,000 to take care of your burial expenses. But what about the people that you leave in your wake that you are accounting for? And even beyond that, there are other uses and things for it. So let's pivot. So I do want to ask because we've seen a lot of young people, <laughs> young Dolph, um, PMC Brock, Nipsey Hussle, take off from the Migos. Like all these people, young, they all died due to unnatural causes. And, you know, even when we look around today in this world, you know, from the things that from car accidents to the spike of gun violence, especially for black women, for black men, the fact that now we can go to to our schools, we could go to our churches, we could go to our grocery stores and we could be hunted down, okay? You know, is there a certain age range or income level someone needs to be at before starting a life insurance contract or before they start thinking about these things? I don't personally think so. I don't think so either. I think like, especially when they're children or whatever, their parents need to be like, Right when you get it, what right when you find out the person's pregnant, you need to be like, okay, I need to get life insurance. I don't understand why right. people don't do that for their you know children. What? My parents didn't do that for me. My parents, they probably and they weren't knowledgeable on that. And guess what? The people before them, maybe they weren't. And so it's not about you know passing a buck and passing a blame. To be honest, I sit with a lot of clients. That and even just us talking and me hearing some of the things that we're discussing, it's a lot of things that are not clear cut and people where it's not your profession, it is it's harder to understand. But that's why it's important 
to get with professionals to to where you understand and people that you can always kind of check in with as well. Because guess what? Just because, you know, you put something down, you put some insurance for yourself and your family down for where you are right now, maybe in five years, it's different. Maybe in 10 years, it's completely different. Maybe your wealth and your tax bracket is, so you have to always adjust it. Um, but it is a it is a cornerstone when it comes to any type of financial planning and building any type of wealth because it it demands that you are you understand where your money is going. It understands that you be financially literate. So is there a certain age or or income level? No. Like you said, the younger and healthier that you are, the better. Guess what? When you're 18 and above, a lot of times, that's when we start getting more dings on us, you know. Um, and even as children, we can get it. People, if you have certain um, diseases and things that you're predisposed to, guess what? Putting insurance on your children when they are young is the best cure for that. And I say that because even in life, if something like that were to happen, guess what? You've ins you're insured, okay? If they were to get some different diagnosis, but insure, locking their insurability early. Why? Because the younger and the healthier that you are, that's that's where you get the most like flexibility with insurance. Can you that's give me? Can you give us a little bit more detail on that? What do you mean by flexibility? Flexibility. Well, the younger that you are for permanent insurance, the more cost effective that it is. Um, you know, you pay lesser per premium dollar. I want to say kind of the saying is like you could essentially be paying as a child between the age of one and 17. Maybe you're paying $60. No, maybe you're paying $55 for $100,000 of permanent coverage. And, you know, and the difference is Okay, when you're between that age of one and 17, it's different in the premium amount that you would be paying as an adult. So anything above 18 to age 99, well, age, say age 80, because the company that I primarily work with right now, we don't, we don't issue policies after age 80. So people have restrictions too. So question for the people out there. So say mm -hmm. someone comes and asks you, okay, so if I, I'm going to get my child life insurance, is the cost going to cost the same or is it going to go up when the no. child turns 18? Perfect. I'm glad that you asked me that. So no. So when you lock your child in, so your parents, that policy that they started on you way back in the day when you were born, guess what? They're still paying that rate for that policy. Now, that policy is a permanent policy, okay? Now, I don't know what that policy, like, for the company that I work with, primarily, like, they pay out dividends, and dividends have the ability to grow the face value. So maybe when you started, it was $50,000, but maybe through that company, maybe the, the face value can grow. Maybe it's at $75,000, and you don't even know. It's a $75,000 tax-free death benefit that's going to pay out to your children your or, or whomever 
maybe your institution that you go to school, uh, that you went to school at, whomever you deem fit, okay? And, but what's going to be the biggest benefit to you, Tosh, is the living benefits, the equity that's inside of that policy, because it's just like a house. And the fact, the fact that you can extract equity out the house, you can borrow tax-free from it. You don't have to be a certain age. You don't have to go through credit checks. You don't have to do anything, but you can borrow tax-free from this liquid in your policy. Say it's $10,000 there. Well, you can borrow a good majority of that. So, you know, it's again, borrowing, but do you mean you have to pay it back? So there are people, it depends on what you want to use it for. There are, there are so many things that these people use it for. Maybe it's a legacy gift. Maybe they have this life insurance in place so that it could pay off the, the tax, the tax bill that's going to be, that's going to come when they receive this new house upon my death. Okay. So maybe they're paying off the taxes for a couple of years and that this is what this money is for. Or um, maybe it's maybe I want to pay for school. You know, maybe I want to pay for their school. Um, but there, there are many reasons as to why people use these, but I also show many people how they can use this in retirement to supplement their income because you can literally borrow distributions in retirement and you can decide like maybe you don't have like maybe your children are well off and they don't need your money and mm -hmm. so at that point you can take the living equity out of that policy and you can supplement your retirement income so the beauty with permanent insurance is that you can you can you can use it so even if you don't have a beneficiary that you want to leave it to guess what you can use it. Maybe that's your supplemental retirement income. Maybe you go there and you withdraw $25,000, $24,000 a year because you can borrow from here tax-free. And you know that's $2,000 that gets added to your income when you're in retirement that you're not paying taxes on at the end of the year, unlike your 401k, your, so your social security, those types of things. So, yeah. All right. All right. So I do want to ask, you know, why do you think there is a disconnect in our community when it comes to protection planning? I, I don't know if you can speak to this. I was actually just talking to my mom about this and she was saying how she feels that a lot of people, they don't think to buy life insurances because, oh, well, they feel like they don't have the money for it. You know, that maybe they're in poverty, maybe they're uh, single parents and, you know, they're trying to make a do, trying to put food on the table and they're not even thinking about buying life insurance. And then also, you know, maybe we talked about it earlier, um, not everybody was raised and educated on life insurance. Um, and then lastly, uh, we also just talked about it, how a lot of young people and just people just don't think about dying. They just don't think about death. You make some great points. And I, I get that. I didn't come from a family, you know, where I, I was taught about life insurance. And I don't, my parents weren't properly educated on that. Um, so yes, I do think that these are some things I feel like people of color, we got to get more comfortable with talking to people because we can't just look to ourselves and we can't just look around to our neighbors to figure out like, this is the way you advance by talking to people to figure out a strategy. 
Because if we're leaving it just to our own devices, then shit, we're going to be shut up creek a lot so of do, the time. Do you think that, like from your knowledge, do you think that it's more so Black people that you know, are in poverty that don't think about life insurance or have you came across where it's black people that are not in poverty that, you know, have these middle-class incomes that are also not thinking about it? I, yes. Is it a difference? I've run across both. I've run across people that earn a high income, you know what I'm saying? Make a lot of money and they're still like vastly underinsured. Mm. Or I run across some people to where they need it. They don't if maybe they have something through their employer. They barely know what their employer's, you know, um, compensation plan like details. But again, when we talk about jobs, jobs don't make us whole. They they give us the, the lesser of most things. And it's up for us to supplement it. But I say all that to say. It's crazy in this field that I've run across a gamut of people. I run across people that make half a million dollars a year. And they uh, don't have insurance? They do, and it's very nominal. And then mm. they don't they don't see the value in certain things. But when it comes to when you start earning income, income, and you get and you are in a certain tax bracket, well, you get capped off from some places that where you can put your money in. Okay, but what I will say to the people that's not necessarily there, that's not capped off, we don't have the money. Hey, you got responsibilities, you got dependents, then you owe it to yourself. And there are affordable ways to start. You can start with some term insurance, term insurance. You know, say you're 20, you could be paying $13 for some term insurance, a million dollars of coverage, 500, like for term insurance. And so a couple of things, term insurance, my people. Um, those are those insurance plans that they talk about to where you lock in. It is like, so term insurance, they are essentially temporary type of coverage. There's something that offers a death benefit. Okay. They pay out to your beneficiary tax-free, but they don't, they don't gain any equity. You can never borrow from them. And they are only for given periods of time, 10, 20 years or 30 years. And after those designated periods of time if you have not expired if you have not met your maker within that time they go away and then so, you then you get re-rated so do you have to be making a minimum amount of like a certain amount to be able to even be able to get life insurance so great question so a lot of times when we even look to insurance amounts how do we come to coverage amounts a lot of times it's going to have to do with your income earning ability. Why? Because when you think about it, unless you just like inherited wealth, a lot of times people are their biggest income generating asset. Your 401k plan that you have, guess what? If you don't work, it doesn't get funded. Make sense? But what about your like poverty level? Like that's what I'm like thinking. Like what about you're like, you know, in New York City, I think poverty is like 30,000. I could be wrong, like mm -hmm. 20, 25,000 or something like that. Like, mm -hmm. is there a life insurance plan for you? Yeah, you. So listen, you can start with some term insurance and depending on your age and health, because guess what? Insurance is predicated on that age and health. OK, and it's the you want to get with the company where 
the claims paying ability of the insurer is not questioned. And you know that when you need to go call on them, they're going to pay out. Okay. Mm -hmm. So all that to say, it's all predicated on aging health. So if you're 20 year, 20 year old in good health. Now, if you're someone that's in poor health, that's different because it's going to impact that. And guess what? Sometimes when you're in poor health and you're young, you can be uninsurable by a carrier. Mm, you know, they don't, they don't have to guarantee you insurance. No, it's not trifling. It's a risk and it's a trade-off. And so they, that's just like anybody that any insurance company comes in and, and they underwrite. They look at a series of things. From your, up, from your like, medical like, history. Some people can't help that. You know, they your got lifestyle. They can't. And there are, there are like, some, damn. there are some companies that will offer coverage, but guess what? Maybe they do it at a limited amount. They don't do these big pots of cash of, of 500,000, 200,000. Why? Because they are in and poor health and they are less likely to recoup the dollars for it. It is a business decision. You know why? Because when that person leaves this earth and kicks the bucket, their family is going to be looking at them for monetary reasons. And they're going to be like, Hey, you need to pay out because we were in a contract. So it's the same thing. We got to both uphold the ends of the, the, you know, the bargain, but there are places to start. Even when you don't have money, you start with term insurance because term insurance, you can lease buy a big parcel of coverage for a cheap amount if you're young and healthy. You're ready. And we don't think of death. I'm not sure why. We've seen so many, uh, so much young talent. We see what's going on in the news. We see what's going on at the malls. We see everything. And especially us, Tosh, we were talking about it in femicide, how yeah. the, the uptick of gun violence against black women has increased. So I don't know if I necessarily think that we don't think of death because maybe we do, maybe we don't, especially when we're younger. But some of the statistics happening in, you know, our community, the black community specifically, we should think of those things and put them in place, especially when there are other people that are uh, checking for our resources or that are that need our resources. Okay. So I do want to ask what, well, what are some myths in the black community about life insurance? I don't think black people have any myths. I don't even think black people really be thinking about life insurance like that, to be quite honest. Mm. Well, your parents were thinking about it. And so I do want to ask, I wonder you know, what made your parents think about it? You know, was it something that they got and, and was it something modeled from someone I have else? I no idea. I should have asked them, child. I don't know. My dad is always been about like finances. My dad is like really, really smart when it comes to money. So I don't know if he was just doing his little research. My, my dad grew up in a, I think it's because he grew up in a single parent household and he struggled a lot. Like he struggled bad. Like my dad had like an outhouse growing up, right? Like, and my grandmother had several kids and she was mm -hmm. raising several kids by herself. So my dad, he probably told himself and that, you know, I don't want my kids to struggle like this. I don't want my kids to go through what I have gone through in my childhood. So like since forever, my dad literally, my dad, 
my dad used to do things like this in terms of like say we needed to borrow money or something from my dad so my dad he would teach me and my brother like responsibility in terms of okay you can borrow money from me but you're gonna have to give it back so that's my, my dad, dad too girl we'll my get, dad is the same way to a t <laughs> but so my dad will give my dad the money back but my dad would literally it'll be our money to keep and we would not even know it so say we needed the the, the money you're paying for like yourself a rainy day. back right and he took so it we, from your insurance so policies it was literally free just free money my dad would just literally give it to us for free and we would not do it he would just like teach us like different responsibilities so i just feel like my dad just always you know he did his own research with life insurance like and that's dad, a, like that's so great and i do want you to to pick up on that like with whomever you encounter in life, um, put those same principles in place because that's how you pay it forward because a lot of times it's overlooked. Yeah. I so, think a lot of people like, that's why I always feel like my dad is like a, a good definition of, you know, a black man, you know, despite all the stereotypes that black men have, like he's really good with, you know, money and stuff like that. I just, hopefully, you know, our future generation of black men and women in general can, learn about their finances and learn the importance of life insurance right and you know you know to that point um my father like even though they didn't you know do necessarily that put protection planning on us at that time you know a lot of young black people middle class black people poor black people they think that it's best to put insurance on themselves and that's what where you start because a lot of times you put the seatbelt on you first and then you put it on your children or whomever is around you all right so um my father was really great with things like that very I remember him just being very regimented very prag uh pragmatic as I was growing up and it's because he had to be you know it's not like it women are different but you know men they got to figure it out and women do too but when you get to see a man figure it out up close and personal, it's like, okay, a man being a man. Um, and it's it's not just a man being a man, you know, is it's really somebody thinking through and and making the best of whatever it is that they have and making the best decisions with whatever they have. And I got to see that too, but I feel like coming into this space in this industry, I have learned so much more as well to partner with that. Some great things for myself and that I'll carry for my now and my future and things that I can impart with other people that look like me, because I know that that's important because I understand that there's a disconnect. Um, we were talking about figures earlier where we were talking about, or I mentioned that there's an 8% inheritance wealth gap in the black community. And, and I talked about that figure. It said, you know, um, whites, white families, they were making about $154,000 um, over us, okay, more than us. And so that was helping to keep that wealth gap in place and create those disparities. So um, you talk about, you know, there are no myths, but, well, I feel like there are some myths because I think that uh, there are a couple of things that I've heard in passing especially being in this industry and being able to debunk those myths, but people of color pay higher insurance premiums. You know, some people may say, okay. And it's not, 
necessarily that, but maybe back in the day, you know, they they statistics show that people of color, we have smaller face amounts. We may have like multiple like insurance policies, but maybe we got smaller face amounts. And so I know back in the day, it used to be, um, I think it was a little bit more taxing, but I wonder because today is still taxing. If you've ever applied for any type of individual insurance, you know that they look at your medical history. They look at your lifestyle history um, and they they make an assessment based off of that. We were talking about this. OK, so you were pretty much asking, how does somebody assess, um, you know, their insurance needs? A lot of times. First of all, we base it off of ourselves. That's what it's based off of. And it's based off of, off of our income earning ability. Because guess what? I may not have $5 million right now, but maybe over the next 20 years that I'm in the workforce with the money that I'm generating on an annual basis and with 3% raises that will come into play, maybe it's going to get there to where not even get there i'll that's that's when it, that's what's going to take place because that's kind of what is before us so that's what we look at a lot of times we we look at your income earning ability everything needs to be within the scope of what it is that you are doing wait a minute wait a minute y'all so y'all up here charging people different prices on like say it's a 500,000 insurance policy it's a based y'all off of your charge no no it's not based, based off on your of the person okay. no so no, no, not in that sense. But it's not you- income, but it's but I'm not just talking about income. You just like literally was just talking about uh health, like you know, it's a soul. like so, assessment of your health because so you know black it, people we we have a lot of exactly health issues. So you have a lot that could of be seen as bias if yeah, you know, it it could be off of our health so, or- okay. So let's go here and we're gonna we're gonna take it there. Okay, so you are right. So um, with regards to amount wise, it's based off a of health rating, whether you're yellow, black, brown, white, you're going to get the uh, health rating. You're going to get a non-smoker rating. You're going to get a preferred health rating. You're going to get a select preferred rating. You could get uh, below, a, uh, you could get a smoker or a standard rating. You could get rated for other various pre. Okay. Like, so in terms of the rating, how does that associate with how much you get charged a month? So if you're a higher risk, because if you're a smoker, you're a higher risk. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're if you're a diabetic, if you have X, Y, Z, you could be a slightly higher risk and you get evaluated for that. And they give you a health rating based upon that. And so maybe that health rating is select preferred, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's again, maybe it's non-smoker maybe a standard so does so, that change the yes, amount that we pay does. per month it so does. it is discriminatory it's not discriminatory it. no it's not so listen when i submit an application i don't put anything about race so but if you so we know that black people have more health conditions that's so that's on you to be objective because you have to understand that an insurance company is about risk. This is a, a business and we're taking upon risk. And so we're going to look at the risk where we're going to get some long haul out of it. Why? Because you are expecting a promise out of me on the other end of that. 
So listen, if we both uphold our ends of the bargain, we're good. An insurance company wants a long haul. They want you to get in young, not when you're old, because mm. when you're old, that's more risk for them. That's more that's a more higher premium for you because it's more of a risk for us to insure you. Just like when you have different health things, it behooves you. You can't. You should not wait. Like if you have health ailments, you should in 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 coverage or or that is something that you want to oh, utilize, that- whether it's for life insurance, for a death benefit for your children, or whether it's something that you can use as an asset where you can use those living benefits. You don't wait because it's all predicated on your age and health, which okay. is why we pointed out earlier the best times to insure is when you're when y'all when you're young when you're a Uh, baby so that makes sense um now that sure you broke that down a little bit because at the end of the day you know us black people we are Mm -hmm. you know it's discriminatory like but but no we we know that so listen let me let me continue let me finish let me let me finish my thought before i forget my thought so if black people if we literally we know that we have these certain you know issues with our you know Mm -hmm. with our health and stuff like that and we know that we have disadvantages you know and it is what it is then we know that we need to you know get life insurance younger right so we need to think about that for our children or you know just when we're younger in general so and and i'm gonna tell you right and there's some let me tell you it's a lot of great benefit and i i do want to take this time while I have this and we'll move on to the next point, I love getting to talk with my young black families. Even when you are starting something small with permanent insurance, guess what? It'll grow. And guess what? You can have multiple insurance policies because I don't feel like we as a community understand that you can build yourself an insurance portfolio. But it is always good. That's so great that your your dad and your mom put that together for you while you were young. Because guess what? You can go add another piece to that puzzle. Because maybe when you look at your retirement savings, you say, hey, I got a gap. How am I going to fill that gap? Am I going to put more, more money in the stock market and see how that turns out? Or am I going to put my money in some guaranteed places as well as some places that that's going to give me a greater return, you know? So it's about being strategic in our approaches. Um, But when we talk about any insurance, okay, and we're going to, and I'm going to move to the next point. When we talk about any insurance, you always want to start when you're, when you're fresh, when you go get car insurance, you go get car insurance after you done been in some wrecks, after you a liability, after no one wants to insure you or it's an astronomical price, it's the same thing. With, I don't know. I don't with know life insurance. A, I don't know we can compare. Yeah, we know, can. Auto, because it's cheaper the older you get. For, for Car insurance. No, no. So yeah, we can. Because guess what? When the, the younger you lock into permanent insurance. So say, for example, you got a $250,000 permanent insurance policy you started when you were 25 years of age okay guess what that rate say you were select preferred that rate locked in the premium locked in say you're paying 100 
in $75 a month. So that same $175 a month that you're paying there at 25, you would pay that at 75 or 55. It's never going to fluctuate. So insurance is a long haul game. That's why it behooves us to get in while you're young and healthy because it's an asset. It builds equity just like a home. And it you can borrow from it tax-free. And see, this is what will give us more power. This would help. This is what will help us. Now, we should still want to use other people's money, but it's always great when we got our own money and we can be aligned together and we have our own money and different assets that we can pull from. So it's about starting to be strategic and it's about getting knowledge and being receptive to information from everywhere. So a couple of just, I want to name just a couple more debunkers and we'll move on. So family history, uh, lifestyle, occupations, um, and your, your income earnings, they all attribute to the coverage that you, um, that you want to get. But Again, a lot of times when you think about protection planning, it is the first step with regards to wealth building. <laughs> I've been seeing it like in doing this, and I understand where why there's a disconnect with the black community. It's because we all want to get rich. We want to put money in the stock market. We want to do all these things. And guess what? It's about leveraging and hedging your bets first and making sure that your house is solidified. And that's financial literacy, protecting what you have in the event that something happens that is unexpected. Say, for example, I get I get in a car wreck and I, I break my arms and I can no longer work and, and submit applications and, and do what I got to do, that's going to impact my family, me being able to pay my bills, me being able to uh, uh, contribute to my retirement. So protection planning is key because it helps to divert a lot of threats that you have on the horizon that you can't account. But guess what? Life is going to always life. So be financially empowered and knowledge is power talk to your professionals if you end up hitting me up after this hit me up because it's great to know our options and we have to and uh what better way to learn than from people of color or just with anyone that is sewing into our community and helping to give us the power of choice all right Alrighty, so this is going to bring us to our grits pick of the week. And this is where we highlight a girl or a guy raised in the South. And we want to give them a little shout out. So this week, I'm going to give a shout out to Kendra Willis. She uh, is a dancer. She's from Oklahoma City. She's also an actress. And what stood out to me was I was just looking at a 
like a random reel that popped up in my Instagram timeline of her and she was talking about her story and how she became a, a dancer and she literally has no training and she was just dancing her entire life growing up and one of her friends was like hey you know Beyonce is you know having a little talent thing like a dance talent competition or something uh, with her choreographer and you should sign up. So she signed up. She she went to New York and auditioned for it. And then everyone was just like, you look like you're really trained. Like, so next thing you know, she moved to LA and she pursued her dream of dancing. And she has been um on tours and dancing with Beyonce to Diddy, Sierra, Chris Brown. She's been in a couple of movies. So shout out to a, a girl from Oklahoma City. Shout out to Kendra. Shout out to Kendra. I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where I was born. I'm not from oh. there. But my my parents were living there when they had me. And so nobody else was born there. But shout out to me and shout out to Kendra. All right. So that's going to bring us to the gem of the week. And the gem of the week is going to be a little bit different this week. It's going to really piggyback off of, you know, Southern Sound Off. And... um. I just want to just leave off on a couple of tidbits. I don't know if it's 10 points or a little bit under 10 points, but just very quickly, I just say that everything starts, everything starts at home. Um, whether it's, you know, uh, manners, whether it's uh, discipline, like a lot of stuff starts at home. And the same would be with um, a lot of financial literacy and learning. Okay. And even if we don't have it, it's important for us to go seek the tools. And if we have offspring, it's important to give them the tools so that they can carry on to the next generation. Couple of things, you know, just kind of keeping it real straightforward and just just looking at people that are young families. What are some quick things that we can do to to help get us on the, the pathway? So financial security, which is typically the first lever, the, the first lever first level of a financial home and that's the foundation of your home and that's the foundation that we can build anything else off of and get it to withstand and and be something of substance to where we can continue to build off of it so financial security is key okay so that's the premise of the protection planning so when you put life insurance in place it is to uh, reduce risk or diminish risk if if someone expires untimely or for when ex someone expires and the financial loss that they're going to leave, okay? Um, income protection or disability insurance, okay? Having that in place, that's something that if it's, if you got into an accident or if you got a, you got an illness that took you down for an extended amount of time and you still have bills, you still have things. Those are things to help you hedge your bets and still, you know, help you to meet your financial things. Um, you can have budgets. You need to have wheels in place, living wheels in place. Cause guess what? Those help to, you know, state how you want your assets divvied up and prevent you from going to probate court alongside of life insurance. Those are why you put things in place because a life insurance policy has a name beneficiary. That's something that's going to avoid probate court. So have living wills, 
get trust. If those are the things that you want to do, put those things in place, uh, monitor your credit, you know, make sure that you're under that 30% utilization. And another big part of that financial security and making sure that you're good before you start doing other things, having an emergency fund, an emergency fund for yourself. If something unexpected happened and you were out of work for say six months, say nine months that you could cover that because essentially there's no point of investing into different things if you couldn't be able to cover your nut for six to nine months if something unexpected happens. So just a couple of quick hitters and uh, we'll leave you on that. All right. So we hope that you got something from the episode tonight. And uh, on that note, we're out. Peace. Peace. Make sure you go check us out. All streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, YouTube. All right, y'all stay tuned.